Well, and that's the number one thing. I think that's the number one problem is we don't allow board. So, so our kids are not becoming as creative today as they could be because we, we need to have a home that is designed to be creative where we're creators and not consumers. I think that's, that's important. The second problem I think that we're creating and, and have been creating for years, this isn't new, but in order for your kids to effectively do something on their own, they have to have not had someone do it for them. You are listening to the Famous at Home podcast with Dr. Josh and Christy Straub. Because when it's all said and done, we all want to know that we were famous at home. Welcome back to the Famous at Home podcast. Today we are talking about words that matter for your family. Before we jump into resourcefulness, here's a word from our sponsors. So today, Christy, we are talking about resourcefulness as a word for your family. By the way, as we talk about resourcefulness today, before we even jump into that, let me describe what resourcefulness means in the context of what we're trying to build because, I and I want to say this because we've got a new EQ curriculum that I really, really want to tell you about, My Kids EQ. We got a, a coaching workshop. Uh, for parents, school administrators, teachers, church leaders, if you are any one of those things. You've got a co-op, you're a homeschooling parent, uh, maybe you're even part of a public school um, and you're just looking to find ways to build EQ. This is a biblically-based EQ program, so that's the, the distinction of it. But there are so many beautiful components of it. And what we're doing to launch it is we are holding a workshop, an eight-week, uh, basically, workshop it goes eight weeks. There'll be interactive Zoom calls with me. We're just, we just want to dump everything that we know about EQ to those who are interested in this. And you get the first eight weeks of curriculum as part of that to start trying at your church, at your school, with your kids, whatever that looks like. And you're part of an ambassador community, like just champions, people early on. We'd love for you to go check that out at mykidseq.com because we are all about building resourcefulness in kids, which is what we're going to talk about today. And Part of emotional intelligence is really being resourceful. And so um, I wanted to make sure I started with that. And I think too, just to add with the coaching program, those, those eight weeks, like that's really what it's designed to do is to, so you feel competent to coach your kids in emotional intelligence. So it's really training you or, you know, again, as a teacher or an administrator to be able to implement this program at your school, in your church, um, or with your, at home with your kids. And because I think a lot of us, like a lot of the questions that we get are, I really want to be able to do this, but I feel so triggered myself, or I really feel like I don't, I've never been taught this very well. And so I don't know how to teach my kids. That's exactly good. what this is for. And it's because you need to be able to implement this in your own life in order to, for it to stick in your kids. It's this more is caught than taught. Like they yeah. will watch you transform as, and they will as well alongside you and so sort of similar I think to our kids books like what am I feeling like we've written it to the kids with the intention of it actually changing a whole family so I am like we're beyond excited about this this is like years in the making yeah this has been a while and um I really think a lot of this is sort of you know like it feels like the culmination of like where God has brought you on your journey like this has been the thing at the end of the line for us for a long time. So to yeah. be able to actually uh, do just this to clarify, or, we're not at the end of the line at the end of the line in our organization or like we're not, this isn't our final thing and our final hurrah, 
But, and then we're gonna go. And then we're right gonna go right off into the sunset. sunset. <laughs> but it is it is the culmination of something. I but think you know what I'm saying? Like is, down yeah. the line, like it's like we've been yeah. looking at this for, for so long, long and we've yeah. been building toward it and knowing um, it was coming. But so I'm just really like yeah. I'm genuinely so excited about yeah, this. It's gonna be so. great. Today we're talking about resourcefulness as a word that matters for your family, and and one of the biggest reasons that we are talking about this is because number one, it's a family motto in our. I think between Christy and I, this is a model. Like we are huge on talking to our kids and getting our kids to be resourceful. What it what does resourceful mean? What does that look like? And and I think, you know, when you look at the definition of resourceful, it's it's the ability to be effective and creative with a situ- with, with with what you're given, to be mm. able to act in a creative and effective way uh without ha- to do something on your own to achieve something to to accomplish something to get something done in a creative and effective way and i think what's ended up happening i think there's two things there's two major issues with this number 1 we are a generation that is training and teaching our children to not be creative mm-hmm. because we're we're consuming we're consuming everything on screens we're not allowing our kids to be bored and research shows that it takes at least 15 to 20 minutes of boredom for creativity to kick in. And so say that again. It takes at least <laughs> it takes at least 15 to 20 minutes of boredom for creativity to kick in and, and we're not allowing our the, kids to be bored today. And can I just say that's not just for our kids. Oh, that's, that's for, for us, us too. too. When is the last time as adults? Like we can say that for our kids. I just want to pause here for a minute because we can say this for our kids and yet it's like do as I say, not as I do. When is the last time we actually let ourselves be bored for 15 to 20 minutes? Yeah. When is the Without last time you were phone. ever actually bored? Yeah. Like, well, I don't true. think you we immediately leave. pick up your phone. We do. Or yeah. like turn on a show or like, or as a parent, you go and do something You're like, oh, laundry or That's like, right. we the just to-dos. fill yeah. our life constantly. And yes, are there always to do's for sure. But we wonder where the spark is gone and we don't create anymore because I don't think we let ourselves enter into a space of boredom. And so I, sorry, I just wanted to say that because I know we're talking about kids, but we're actually, we're really talking about the family. Well, and that's the number one thing. I think that's the number one problem is we don't allow boredom. So, so our kids are not becoming as creative today as they could be because we, we need to have a home that is designed to be creative where we're creators and not consumers. I think that's, that's important. The second problem I think that we're creating and, and have been creating for years, this isn't new, but in order for your kids to effectively do something on their own, they have to have not had someone do it for them. Mm, and, and I think this is as in a helicopter parenting, BFF parenting culture, our tendency is to just take any pressure away from our kids and, 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 it, it's like, well, I don't want my kids to have to work hard or I don't want my kids to have to, you know, struggle or I don't want, or the, uh, or, or this is my, this is my struggle in it is it's just easier for me to do it myself. So I just, I'll just do it. That's my struggle. Um, but in both of those cases, what we're doing when we're catering to our children, when they can be doing things for themselves that they're not doing is we're creating entitled kids. This is why resourceful resourcefulness is so big is because one day your kids are going to need to be doing things on that. They're going to need to know how to do certain things. But number two is we don't want to raise entitled kids. No, I, I, oh my gosh. Okay. So as you were talking, you said, um, we don't want them to work hard. I don't know if that would be like, I, as a parent would say, I want my kids to work hard, but I don't like to see them struggle. Yeah. 
It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. we want the support challenge continuum, right? Josh talks about it in Safe House. Um, but like there is this balance of support and challenge that we provide as parents. But I think as a generation, our aged, our generation is over supporting kids um, versus over challenging them. Like, especially, I mean, I know the research like Sissy and David have done out of um, Daystar from since COVID is like, it's in raised, we've been raised entitled kids because they've been so, I think in our reaction to what COVID put kids through, we so over supported them and sheltered them in a lot of ways. And they haven't had to struggle that they've become entitled. They're actually seeing this. Sissy was saying this the other day, they're really seeing this in like epidemic. So how do we handle that? And this is, I think the beauty of it is I think as parents, we're so loving, like we are trying with everything in us to do, to correct wrongs that maybe were done to us, to, to mend things, to heal. Like we're so overly aware of how we're parenting, which is not a bad thing, but I think in the response to maybe how we were parented, how our grandparents parented our parents, we are so supportive of our children. It's to their detriment at this point. And so what Josh is saying is like this challenge to add challenge to them while still supporting them. We're not like tossing them out into a lake, you know, swim back, fend for yourself. But isn't that Richard Branson whose mom like dropped him off in a, from a car and so was like, find your way home. I don't and know, but that would be awesome. That's what, anyway, that's, I believe the story of Richard Branson it. and dropped them off and was like, find your way home. It and it kids. started this, what do you think? <laughs> this resilience building muscle <laughs> in him, which again, that's, it's a muscle that has to be practiced. And so it grows over time. But for a kid to actually learn self-competence, self-esteem, like this belief that I have what it takes, it, you need a parent that shows them that they believe they have what it takes. Well, and I think too, it, it, what, what you just ended with there, they have to know that they have a parent that, that can, that believes they know they have what it takes. Like yeah. if, even if, when they're struggling, and I Even think in their struggle. We have to be okay with the struggle. But we have to, and I want to go back to the dumbing down part of the brain because we're not allowing creativity and boredom. You know, GPS is actually influencing our adult brains because we don't have a sense of place anymore. So in other words, we don't have a sense of direction. We don't, because you just follow the GPS to wherever it is you're going. You don't know where you're going, south, north, east, west, uh, northwest, southwest. Like you just go from one place to another and you're not remembering landmarkers. And the reason I'm saying this is I think it's very important because you brought it up with the Richard Branson thing is that I, I had this epiphany on the way back from Thanksgiving. We were in Pennsylvania visiting my family and I was writing down, we went a new route and I was having Christy write down the route numbers. And I, when I got home here, I pulled out the Atlas and I'm now putting that Atlas in our car to take with us everywhere we go because oh, I want to go back dad. and I want to start using our Atlas to get places because I want my kids, because our kids are so excited, like our, our oldest especially, loves looking at maps and looking where directions are. But what happens is, and, and I think uh, this could be said, I don't know if there's, I'd have to look on the research on this. I would venture to say that, there, that, that that issue is causing, like the fact that there are parts of our brain that are actually shutting down. And, and um, uh, there was a great book called, uh, there's Dumbing Us Down, uh, uh, I can't remember the other book on it, but they did an actual research study where they 
they tested taxicab drivers in Britain and they were looking at ones who had GPS, using GPS and ones who weren't. And the ones who were using GPS, the part of the brain known for remembering locations uh, at landmarks, it was actually shutting down. And I, I would venture to say that's probably leading to higher cases of dementia because you need your brain to be working in order to not become you know, for the, because those brain parts, the brains just shut down. But what we're doing is we're shutting down creativity. We're shutting down the ability to know how to get from point A to point B. We're shutting down the ability to know what direct our, our ability to have direction in light, like no north, south, east, west, not be directionally challenged. So dropping our kids off somewhere and making them find their way back, I think would be a fascinating endeavor to teach them resourcefulness. With like a cell phone, you know, like we like give them a cell phone in case they get in trouble. In case they get, yeah. I, I, <laughs> this is where like 21st century parenting differs. Yeah. We're like, but put a GPS tracker on them just to make sure they're safe. So I just no? want to close this loop. Okay. So, so let's close this loop. So, so, so we're talking about resourcefulness today and we're talking about it from, I think the problem is, is we tend to just do things for our kids because it's easy for us to do it. We don't want to see them struggle or we don't allow them to be bored. And resourcefulness is all about finding effective and creative ways to accomplish something on your own. And if we're not teaching them how to be effective and we're not teaching them how to be creative, then what we're doing is we're raising entitled kids. I think it leads to entitlement because kids just expect things to be done for them. But then they also are incompetent. They don't know how to actually do something for themselves. And so after the break, when we come back, I want to talk about very practical ways that we can implement resourcefulness into our homes. Okay, we're back. And how do we implement resourcefulness into our homes? Can I say one thing? Yeah. I, I, I think so much. We, we touched on this before. We touched on this before, but we talked about like watching our kids struggle and how sometimes like I think we, a lot of us feel really comfortable with that. And I just want you to be just pause on that and be curious about where that comes from. And could it be that you are really uncomfortable with struggle? that there was a point in your journey where struggle, it was like too much and you felt overwhelmed and maybe you actually feel stuck in a place in your life where you're struggling. So to see, you know, someone you love so much, these little children struggle, it's like, oh, I just want to take this away from them. Like it wasn't taken away from me. And so I just, just be curious about that because there could be an element of our own story of us wanting to overprotect and over support that's coming from our story. So just to be curious about where that's coming from and then to, you know, let's fire on a new path, you know, brain pathway where we actually see boredom as a gift and boredom, it's not you not entertaining your kids or I think a lot of moms are like, I just feel like I, you know, I'm like, it's like as if we have to support them with all these educational brain building great moments, you know, throughout their whole day. They don't need all that. (laughs) We actually, what if our us offering them boredom is a gift and to rewire that into our brains, but then also to rewire when I watch my kids struggle and they, it might come out in anger. It might come out in frustration and to be the calm presence that can witness someone struggle and not just jump in and in rescue because it's not our job, but our job is to actually be with someone who's in a state of struggle and to actually maintain balance and to maintain calm and to be regulated even when they're dysregulated. And I think that like to just start off this conversation of like the practical ways, that's some of I think the deeper layers of why we would wrestle putting some of these practical things in place. So just be aware of those first, because if you can even just start to implement those two things, 
you're going to start to see a profound shift because I don't think we recognize the number of times I, oh my goodness, like teaching kids to tie their shoes. I remember that one being like, oh, like I just, and they get so frustrated and I just wanted to like. Buy slip-ons. So they I, never have to I learn how to do it. I did do that for a really long time with a little Velcro and they were genius. Anyway, or buttons like on pants, you know, where like those, yeah. oh my gosh, our kids would get so frustrated at school with their little school uniform, um, the button on it. And I was like, okay, so elastic waist pants done. And for a season, that's good. I think there's like wisdom in that, but there comes a point where I realize I'm they're 16 years old at school and they don't know how to tie that. They don't know how to put their pants back on. <laughs> Asking the history to teacher to help them button, button their, pants. their pants. No, but like you just realize that's your, you compensate by stepping in for them. And it's a message to them that they don't have what it takes. And that's not the message that you loving parent want to give them. And I know it's not the message I wanted to give them. So we started implementing some other things. Yeah. So I think, and this for me really came out of this whole idea. And I remember your father, I remember my father-in-law, your dad sent this to me. It was a research study that looked at, you know, how to get, you know, kids who were very successful in life. And it came down to this one particular phrase. And that was, if my children are able to do something on their own, let them do it on their own. Like if they're able to do something, let them do it. Even if it's not perfect or like done and that's well. the key for me is making sure that I, because here's the deal. Let's use unloading the dishwasher as an example. Our kids have been unloading the dishwasher for many years now, but still to this day, just the other day, my favorite coffee mug got broken. Uh, the handle of the coffee mug got broken because <laughs> said child was trying to take, be too resourceful and hold more coffee mugs than he was able to put them all away. So he didn't have to take less trips from the dishwasher to the cabinet, get that. But there was a casualty in that process. And my tendency is to go, you know what, buddy, let's let me do it for you. I'll take care of this because I know I can do it right. And I know I can. And it's like, no, we have to, as parents, have the ability to be able to let our kids struggle because the only way that they are going to learn is to let them do it on their own. And I just sent Landon, our oldest, out the other day to start a fire in the backyard because I was like, just go do it. Like, I'm not even going to watch you. I'm not even going to supervise. Like, I obviously, I'm around and I'm paying attention. But, like, I just wanted him to struggle on his own on how to, like, that's the only way he's going to know how to build a great fire is to not have dad step in and do it for him over and over and over again. And that's where my struggle comes into play. But I, I the thing I want you to hear me say, and this is what sticks with me all the time with my kids, is... If they have the ability to do it themselves, let them do it. Can I just add though, too? That's exactly, yes, that's exactly. But you taught him well before. Well, I had some other guys help me teach him well before, but still. No, but that's <laughs> what I'm like. I think that's the point is like we've, we've. Yeah, like um, I've taken, I've taken time. You've to taken teach time him. to I've teach him. I've taken time to show him the right ways to build a fire yes. and to, right. And then you've, yes, so now he knows. It's not like we just were like, here's some matches and wood, good luck. Right, go do it. Which is, I think, where our reaction is out of is like maybe that's how we were raised or our parents were raised. And so we're like, no, 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 like that's horrendous, you know? So we're stepping, overstepping. Whereas it's like, what if we teach them really well? We train them up in the ways that he should go, which is biblical, and then allow him to 
take what he's learned and run with it. And I think that's, I, I was, as a mom, you know, was teaching her, I think it was like seven year old or something to wash dishes. And she was like, this was the longest 40 minutes of my life, you know, to watch my son yeah. wash like five things, like two plates, two cups, some, you know, but she's like, I know this will pay off dividends in the future because I'm teaching him well now and watching him wrestle and struggle and it's painful to do. But I know in three weeks from now, a month from now, when he's washing all the dishes by himself, that my job is done here and he's going to do great. And I thought that then I think that's the beautiful model of how we do train resourcefulness is that we train them well on the front end and we do, we intentionally teach them and then we let them fly because we're showing them we believe in them. And I think that's what you guys have done. Like these dads have done um, so beautifully with these boys is like really instructing them in things that can actually feel pretty dangerous and then letting them fly. Yeah. We started, for those of you, we started this group here locally, about six or seven of us dads who have our sons anywhere from five to 11. And we like that age range. Like we like that five is a little bit young, but he. Five-year-old's awesome. Um, it, but but you want to see that in multi-generational type of thing, like not just, you know, individual ages, but these other boys, older boys, helping the younger boys, that type of thing. And just teaching them things like, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, we started teaching them how to build, we started calling it build fires, change tires. We're teaching them how to build fires. We're teaching them how to cook their own meal, how to cook a steak, uh, you know, uh, how to handle a weapon. Like what, what, what does that look like? How to respect a weapon? Um, you know, what, what are various weapons and what are they used for? And, and, and how do we hunt and, and what does that look like? And how do we change tires? How do we change oil in a car? How do we do these things? These are resourceful things that until we enter into a son's life or a boy's life, and even for daughters to do the same thing where it's like, Hey, we're teaching them how to do skills. Like our daughter in particular is asking, and I hope that maybe, you know, Santa Claus, if he's out there, Santa, wherever you are, um, she wants a sewing machine for Christmas, uh, because she wants to continue. She's, she's so crafty. She, she does all kinds of amazing craft things, but we've got to learn to let her, she started whittling recently. And, you know, the very first time she used her whittle, guess what? She cut her finger. It's like, you've got, but until you learn how to do these, until you let your kids struggle and it, it, they don't learn. And so th that's what Christy's talking about. And, and I, there's a phrase that I, I use that I love and praise the struggle, like honor the struggle because the struggle is where we build character. The struggle is where we build and that tension, the frustration tolerance. A lot of times you might have a child who just gets so frustrated that they're not doing it right. The first time praise, like help mm. them understand, like, like you're learning, like this is a beautiful learning journey and you're not going to always get it right. And, and also too, to not shame them when they're getting it wrong, to not shame them when they're breaking the handle of your favorite coffee mug because they unloaded the dishwasher in the wrong way or not in the wrong way, but they tried to be more efficient than, than they're capable of being at the age that they're at. It's and like, those are natural, teachers. natural teaching ways to like, enter into your kid's world and go, man, I've done that before. You know yeah. that dude, like I have done that before and it was a mistake but the only way you're going to get it right the next time is to learn from those mistakes right. but it requires patience yeah. as an adult to enter into your kid's world and do that um and i think that's that that's the key so to get practical here i think 
go back and if your child can do it themselves, mm-hmm. let them do it. Um, start by giving them tasks that are age appropriate and that you can begin to supervise in a way that they will be able to create some wins early on. Unloading the dishwasher is a is is an easy one because you know even our two year old is unloading his own his own dishes right now. Um, his their his his plates, his silverware, his cups are all in a position in the pantry or in a drawer that are reachable to him. And so he pulls them out and he helps us unload the dishwasher by taking his stuff specifically out and putting it away. And he is, listen, you all, the pride that is on that boy's face when he accomplishes something, the pride that is on our two oldest kids' faces when they accomplish something and they build something or they create something or they accomplish a task or, or problem solve is they feel so proud of themselves and so accomplished and the confidence that it builds in them is unbelievable. And so I just encourage this sense of allowing them age appropriately to embrace that struggle, to enter into their frustration tolerance. Don't you get frustrated at them, but enter into going, yes, I I get it. I've been there. I've made the same mistake. And, you know, let me, you know, come alongside you. And it, can I help you? Is there a way that you want me to help you right now? What would you like me to show you? Or maybe they don't want any help, or maybe you want to enter into their world and you go, hey, listen, there's one thing I want to show you here. Would you allow me to show you something? Because uh, we also want to teach teachability. Like that's part of being resourceful is teachability is huge. And so, we need to add teachability to a word that matters for your family. I'll oh, tell you that's that. a good one. Um, Can I add to what yeah, you just so. said there? What you, um, but to, uh, I think a great question is, how can I support you? So often we come in with like corrections or fix it. Like I just, or you know. Or advice, yeah. Yeah, and we, we're offering something they're not even looking for. But to, it puts the ball back in their court. How, what can I do to support you? Because I'm not saying just like, I'm hands off, like, good luck, kid. Although sometimes I feel like that. I, I'm instead saying like, how can I help you? Because if you'll know, like kids throw a temper tantrum or just like, and it's sighing and it's like, and they're trying to, they're, you know, trying to communicate something to you. But if you actually ask them a question, well, how can I support you? It changes it. So they're in problem solving mode as opposed to just like, ugh, just take this from me, mom. Or because that's probably what mom has traditionally done for her. And, and, (laughs) And one of the phrases we use in our house, which I think is, is, is really helpful for this is come with a solution, not a problem. Don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. And so it, that will serve your children incredibly well in the future. It serves you well in the future. Like don't bring problems to people, bring solutions. And so you might have a problem. Um, and, and this just happened the other night. Uh, our daughter was, you know, uh, I said to her, she, she had this problem and she was talking about the problem. And I said, well, have you thought about a solution yet? And she's like, yeah, dad. And she actually had, um, but she was presenting the problem first. And I said, well, honey, why don't you, in your presenting the problem, like also state your potential solution and that that's super helpful. So, but they're thinking through those things. I think even implementing a simple phrase of Let's, our family will bring solutions, not problems, uh, is a great way to, to actually um, implement this. And what you're really doing is you're working yourself out of a job. Gee, I mean, amen. when your two-year-old is bringing his own diaper and which we need to soon start the, I'm ready to start the, 
potty training process. But when he's bringing his own diaper and and wipes to you because he wants his diaper changed, like that's a win. Like I don't have to go <laughs> grab the diaper. I don't have to go. Like it's just like, okay, buddy, thank you. Like this is awesome. And he lays down in front of you and you're just like, this is great. Like you're working yourselves out of a job in some respects. Like, but but the job was, I mean, the job was never done. I mean, that's because there's always going to be things. But when your kids are helping you, like there's no reason, like our kids are they love making their own lunches they love making dinner they love making like they love and there's no reason we should not be teaching our like our kids are 10 and 8 that they if like i'm glad they know how to make their own sandwiches i'm glad they know how to make certain things like homemade ice cream and all these other things that they're learning how to make i want my kids to know how to cook for themselves yeah well because i mean essentially I don't want to be the only one in this family that has the responsibility of feeding people. Yeah. When I have really capable kids. You have a team around you. Like we are a team. Yeah. We actually can function as a team because what joy does that bring everybody when you're all working together? It's not just like kids sitting at the table. Mom, when's dinner ready? Like, I think that's, that's the old model of what we've seen done. And no wonder moms are exasperated. No one, like we are carried the burdens of way too much. And even fathers for that matter, like when the father's just sent out to work and comes home and has all the response, you know, the lawn care and like the fixing stuff in the house. Of course, parents are totally incapacitated. Whereas the household was designed to work as a team. So like the, I mean, back when the children were part of the labor force, then they were, you know, they were set to work within the home. Like the older children cared for the younger children. Like there was a reason they could, have all these children is because everyone played a role and I'm certainly not advocating to going back to like child labor but within the context of the family I am like that's I think what we've lost is and I think that's where entitlement has become such a massive issue in our culture is because kids just have things done for them and there's this battles over screen time and video games and all these things it's because these sweet kids are so bored they have too much time um and i don't even maybe bored isn't the word because it's like they just have entertained they're entertained and and when you look at the word amuse versus muse like we're amused we have amused our culture into incompetence like we are an income amusement will lead you to incompetence because your brain is literally shutting down the part of the brain to think straight to 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 be resourceful it's all shutting down whereas when you take the word amuse when you put the letter a in front of a word it negates its very definition the word muse means to think deeply it means to um I mean, if, if you're not thinking deeply, it means to contemplate, to think deeply. In order to be resourceful, you have to think deeply and you have to contemplate plans in order to execute a strategy to carry out a, a project or a task. And when we're being amused into oblivion, we're not thinking deeply and we're not becoming the MacGyvers of the world. MacGyver, I miss MacGyver. Like, <laughs> who's strategically coming up with very resourceful ways to get himself out of problems and situations. And I think our ability to be able to arrest that in our culture for our family and to instead implement incredible uh, ways to teach our kids just to, to, to find, uh, you know, to learn how to mow the grass, to learn how to, you know, pull weeds, to know how to put up Christmas lights, which is what we just did, um, to decorate the Christmas tree. Our kids decorated a Christmas tree on their own this year. Um, that was for the awesome, most part, by the way. Some help, but 
Yeah, I mean, we they, literally sat on the couch and watched. It was yeah, awesome. And they loved it. And um, it was just one less job I needed to do. I was very tired. We were yeah. tired at the end of the day. And they and and, and they um and Is they it enjoyed perfect? it. And sure we're all not. together. We're 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 hanging out. Yeah, it doesn't look probably the same way we would have done it, but it's okay. Like it's 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 our family Christmas tree. It's our family's um contribute. Like it's just it's what you do. And so I just, um, this whole idea of resourcefulness, I think is, is very important, but it requires us to get, you might, it requires us as adults to get over our own insecurities about letting our kids do certain things. Um, because, um, if not, uh, yeah, I just, I, and to the culture we live in just is really mind boggling to me in that it has created such entitlement and 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 for us as adults too my goodness i mean even in our own marriage like for us to like i have something i want to say oh even for me as a man and this is when you weren't probably doing as great but um i can remember like literally being in the kitchen using a knife and christy saying to me i forget how you said it but like that is not the right knife, or that's not how you hold a knife or something like that. And everything in me just went, ugh. Like, it was like, okay. Like, and as a man, I have to be honest, like, when it comes to, like, I love talking to other dads and other men about this, too, but, like, it's like, when it comes to household, like, ability to fix a toilet, fix a sink, fix certain things, like, it, you feel incompetent, naturally i think if you don't know what to do you feel incompetent and for many years i felt that way and i'm at a point now in my life where i'm realizing i know a heck of a lot more about home home um remedies and 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 taking care of things and fixing things than i ever gave myself credit for but i think i was always under this sense of like i just i don't have what it takes i don't and that could be a message too that you grew up with but my whole point in saying that is don't be putting that on your kids. Like I know what it felt like in that one moment, just with the knife. I'm and again, so sorry. You, you've probably, like we've corrected that moment. I'm but so sorry. It's like I. <laughs> there was one time we <laughs> joked. This was an amazing one. There was. I whole, still. Let me close this loop real quickly. The the thing I want to say <laughs> in this is that make sure that you're not putting that burden on your children, where you're making them feel incompetent because they're messing up. But can and I but can coming I say- alongside them in that. They need to be tra- taught the right way. That's right. I, we've just seen with our kids and you, like over and over again, when someone has st- spent the time to teach you how to do it, the amount of confidence and pride you feel to come in. And I know we showed this on a previous episode, but like our son, he starts every fire we've had since he was taught how now. Like, and it brings him, like you just watch it. He's like come alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's like yep. he knows he has what it takes. But- I think for you, you weren't taught by your dad how to fix things. Like it wasn't a. Well, my dad sun- taught me how to. He taught me how to change oil in the car. Right, he but taught like, me. Like, think about how much confidence you have in that, that in car stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I always ask. Like I know nothing about cars, and so I'm always Josh is doing this, this whatever, and he has such confidence or like taking care of like all your landscaping work. Like yeah, you got- were taught really well how to take care of plants and landscaping and bushes and trees and tr- you know, all that stuff. I, you feel your confidence in that because some man trained you. And I think we just have neglected the power of that. And I want to talk about it at some point with girls because we're wanting to replicate this with our girls, but in the, that's a whole other conversation, 
but in the roles that I believe they were designed to play. And so giving them that confidence that I didn't feel even as a young wife, like prepare a meal, baking. And so I think just the, there's just such beauty in realizing how much we do have to teach our kids and taking that little bit of extra time to teach them well, to build confidence in them. Yeah. And, you know, I think the whole thing for me in, in understanding all of this and, and looking at it is, oh, this was the funny that I got to, I got to tell the funny, I almost forgot is, um, there was one time just a couple of years back at Christmas time and, uh, my brother-in-law was here. So Christy's sister and, and, and her husband were here and every, all the family was here and Christy, one of our drawers in our kitchen was, uh, broken off and it was cracked and, or in the, in the, in the, in the refrigerator and, our, but, my okay. brother-in-law Luke is here and Christy <laughs> says, I'm standing in the kitchen. We're all saying, cause she, she's like, Oh, uh, Luke. And he's a farmer. So, uh, but he's, he goes, she goes, Hey Luke, while you're here, she's like, you know, our, our drawers cracked. Maybe you could fix it for us or maybe you could look at it. And I, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, are you, are, are you saying that I couldn't like, why did you wait for him to be here to say this? Like it was one because, of those like okay. moments where you're like, and again, I, I, this was a joke because Luke and I just started laughing hysterically because as men, we get it. Like it's one of those things where your wife is asking another man to do something in your kitchen with you there. Like, it's kind of like, Oh, like really? I, it, it was, my I was brother. not in the least offended by it, but it, it was, was funny. funny. But it was I, actually really this is funny. worth the conversation though. Cause I didn't realize that would be like at all offensive. If I was, Josh was working that day, Luke was here, it had been cracked for like weeks and he'd never fixed it. So I figured Luke's here. He's not busy. Josh <laughs> is working. Hey, Luke, do you think you could fix this? I just like, it was a matter of functionality. And then they still talk about it to this day, that dang drawer fridge. <laughs> and I'm like, but then I get it. Like if you were to like ask like my sister, like, Hey, Linz, could you, I don't know, like make me a coffee or like make my <laughs> make dinner. I don't know that I'd be like, Hey, why are you asking her? I suppose maybe yeah, that's the translation. Funny. I don't funny. know. My whole point in that was, and I'm coming back. I to that know to that you that could loop, fix, but let me just be publicly stating. I know that you could have fixed the drawer fridge. Thank you. Thank you. I, I received that. I know that you know that too. That's I, I'm not offended at all. I just think it was a funny moment. It was a great moment. I will never ever really ask great, another man to fix that. It was really a great moment. But the whole point in all of that is just making sure that we are paying attention to how we're coming across with our kids as we're teaching them to be resourceful yeah, and things. Good. So think about the things that they could be doing right now that they're not doing that you could start asking them to help you with. And I tell you, even our two-year-old, wait, he goes and gets a diaper or gets his own. You started setting the table. He started By that, setting the table. He gets his table. own plate and yeah. fork. But and the cup. pride in in him helping. Oh my gosh. You want to see your kids explode in confidence and and pride Good. in themselves. Yeah. Start giving them little tasks and have them help you. And next week we're going to talk about cohesiveness and coming together as a team. And I'm tell it, it leads into that very very well. But that is how you start to do that. Is you start to do projects together. And man, it just brings so much beauty into your home. So, Love it. So resourcefulness, uh, words that matter for your family. Remember My Kids EQ, is, the coaching workshop is now available. Go to mykidseq.com. You can check that out. And until next week, keep in mind that the greatest red carpet you will ever walk is through your front door. Keep being famous at home. Yeah.